Hello and welcome to Discussing Food. As of this recording, it is Sunday, December the 31st, 2017, as we are preparing to review the 2017 Doctor Who Christmas special, Twice Upon a Time. So for you, wherever you are in all of space and time, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe to the show via iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Now for introductions. First, the master of words himself, Mr. Lee Shackelford. Lee, how was your Christmas? Oh, lovely, lovely. Am I the master of words now? <laughs> I, I just thought you guys needed to have a professional Jeez. title. So yeah, but <laughs> just wait till we no, get to the no next No pressure, one. though. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Good Christmas. Excellent. Good deal. Yeah. So, and next on the titles as they go around, <laughs> the Lord of Sound himself and the Impossible <laughs> Oh, <Kono>. God. <laughs> Mr. Clarence Brown. Hey, everybody. How's this going? It's going. Yeah. How was Christmas for you? Christmas has been great. Always too short. But, um, you know, open some presents, ate a lot of food, fellowship with family. So, all good. Good deal. Good deal. And, you know, you always feel like after the holidays that it's like no wonder people go to the gyms in January because you from Thanksgiving until Christmas till the first of the year, it's nothing but eating things that you should not really be eating. Exactly. Or at least it is for me. No, no. I, yeah. Guilty as charged. And you know, who is me? Well, again, I'm Kyle Jones and uh, thanks guys for joining me for this particular episode. So here we are. It's the last day of 2017, and I thought it would be nice if we briefly talked about some of the things that we've done over the year. And it doesn't necessarily have to be discussing who. It can be any of our shows or any of the things that we have done so far, um, you know, on other things. Lee, why don't you start us off? You, you, I assume you mean Doctor Who-wise. Anything you want to go. Any, It can be <laughs> relativity. It can be, you know, Doctor Who. It can be just just random thoughts real oh. quick. Oh yeah. Well, uh, 2017 was the year of relativity. We uh, we started the series uh, back in the spring, and uh, did our first um, batch or whatever you want to call it. Um, when they were doing the Hitchhiker's Guide uh, to the Galaxy radio series, which you know is where it began on radio, they didn't have a schedule for making those. So they, whenever they would do a bunch of episodes, they always called it a fit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I keep thinking of that too. I keep thinking, uh, relativity comes out in fits. So, uh, <laughs> we, uh, but yeah, we did our first two, um, seasons or fits or whatever you want to call them. And, um, yeah, uh, it has gone from zero to being the thing it is today, which, uh, I'm still just gobsmacked as they say over there to, uh, that it's now being heard around the world. And, uh, and just recently I happened to be looking at the back end of the website and saw that the, the page that contains the player from which you can play the whole series, that the hit counter for that page had, had passed 10,000 hits. Oh, wow. Cool. And that that's not iTunes subscriptions. That's not our YouTube channel. That's just that page where you would go if you wanted to listen to the whole thing through the website. So I, I still can't get over that. That doesn't, that, I don't see how that's possible. But you know. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I told that to somebody at a party the other night and he said, well, you, you, how many times have you been to that page? <laughs> and I said, well, actually, that was my first thought was I thought I can't have, I can't have been looking at that page 10,000 times. Have I? Just 5,000. Just five that. Yeah. If, if only half of those are just me monkeying with the site. I don't know. But, um, yeah. Anyway, but cool it's, regardless, cool regardless. No, nonetheless, cool. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, um, 
it's been a good year for who I have really loved Bill. So to me, it's the year of Bill. Oh, I like that. uh, Yeah. So that's my, that's my who comment. And, and I guess as long as we're talking about things, when we, we, we've actually made a couple of attempts to record this already. And, uh, uh, this episode and uh, the first one was on December 29th. And uh, so I'm going to say the thing I was looking forward to saying back on the 29th, which was happy birthday to Bernard Cribbins. Well, yes. Well, who was whose birthday is December 29th and uh, he's 89. Oh, wow. So next December 29th, he will be 90. So oh, wow. Here, here. Excellent. So long may he wave. And I, I just recently finally watched the, the Peter Cushing um, Dalek movie. Which Uh-oh. you know, as a as a Who fan, it's I, maybe I should uh, you know blush to admit that I've never seen it. But I finally it turned up on one of my you know social media feeds something about it. I said you know I've never actually seen that. Well, I've forgotten that uh, his uh, his uh, uh, his male companion, uh, the Doctor's male companion, that it was Bernard Gribbins was when he was a lot younger, and um, so uh, that is his other claim to Who. You know is that he's in the alt universe. The, the Peter Cushing <laughs> Doctor Who universe. Well, I don't know if it was the third or the fourth Doctor. So to add a little bit of more lore to the alt universe type of connections to Who, I think he was in consideration or one of the names thrown out at some point. And I'm thinking it was the third or fourth that his, you know, when you're looking at our, um, you know, five or six names that might be the Doctor, his name at some point in some iteration was thrown out as a potential replacement. And I think it was either for the third or the fourth, but I'm not sure which. Yes. Uh, John, uh, the, 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 the role of the fourth doctor, uh, could have gone to Bernard Gribbins. Yeah. After John Pertwee said he was leaving, uh, Bernard Gribbins is one of the people interviewed by the BBC. And, um, uh, and he always and, and Bernard Cribbins always liked to tell the story that he said that he thinks what lost him the job was him talking about how physical he was. And, you know, I can fight. And they said, oh, no, the doctor doesn't do that at all. <laughs> and he said, you know, so then when I watched Robot, he said, I think the first thing you see is the fourth doctor knocking somebody out. So hmm. anyway, <laughs> well, you know, I loved him as Wilf, but I will say this. Thank goodness that he didn't get the role. Oh, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> and you know, oh, who knows? You know, in another universe, of course, he did, and it's wonderful. And you know, but who knows? Uh, who knows Literally. exactly? Who? Knows? Who knows? Cool. So, uh, Clarence, what about yourself? Uh well, me along with you started another podcast, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, and that's been a lot of fun diving into that this year, as well as kind of uh, jumping into our discussing who slash discussing comics YouTube channel and, and getting, getting deep into that and having a lot of fun doing that. So, I mean, overall it's been a fun year to start a few new things. And of course, continuing with you guys doing this podcast as well as a wonderful season of Dr. Who, which I, I greatly enjoyed. So overall for me, it's, it's been a pretty fun year. Yeah, you know, I would have to echo what you just said in the sense of, you know, I would have never have thought this time last year, if you anyone had told me, you will put yourself in front of the camera and you will actually grow to like being in front of the (laughs) camera, I would have laughed and laughed and said, never, (laughs) no more, never. And and I have. And, you know, it, it started out when you first started doing that, Clarence, to be you know, like pulling teeth to even get me to record an episode. And now I'm like, okay, when are we going to do the next one? When are we going to do the next one? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's been a, that's been fun going to more conventions. And the first convention that we went to 
Doctor Who convention, Hulanta, the three of us actually got to meet, and that was a real cool yeah. highlight of this year. I was going to say, yeah, that that was a big part of the year for me was getting the three of us in the same room. So, yes, yeah. yes. So you know, we've got 2018 right around the corner, but the, here's the thing about uh, looking right around the corner at 2018. It's still 2017. So before we get into the review, the three of us, being Clarence Lee and I, have a bit of news that we want to share. And I have alluded to this on previous episodes, but this, again, last day of 2017, here is our announcement. After 89 episodes discussing who, just like the doctor, is regenerating. When we began this podcast back in 2016, I wanted a platform where I could talk about Doctor Who, comic books, science fiction, and really and truly kind of basically anything that came to mind. And I wanted to do it with people that I enjoyed talking about this stuff with. I'm the one, I think, that suggested the name Discussing Who, and I offered up the tagline, who or what, I think I said something like, who knows who or what we will be discussing. For those of you listening and have listened for all of our episodes, we thank you. But here's the deal. Reality and intent often diverge, or as it often can be said, hindsight is often twenty twenty. Lee and Clarence and I know what discussing who is about, but is it a fair place and is it as fair for us or me to assume that someone listening and someone going through iTunes or Stitcher or something like that, if you're a new listener, is it fair to have a name that is so obviously Doctor Who and have something about the Avengers or have something about... Whatever the case might be. <laughs> so that's why, just as we saw in uh, Twice Upon a Time, regeneration sometimes is not just needed, it's necessary. So in 2018, this podcast, the Discussing Who podcast, welcomes new voices and we will see a new format. And a, a format that is exclusively Doctor Who. We'll bring in what I will say is an almost weekly episode schedule and we will cover everything with the latest Doctor Who news. We will begin reviewing every episode from 2005 forward. The obvious question might be, what happens to the other content? In the coming weeks, the comic book and other content that you've been listening to, or we hope that you've been listening to, will spin off into a brand new podcast under the Discussing Who banner, starting with an all-new number one episode. We'll highlight some of the content from our YouTube page, offer in a new and exciting format for this show as well, and bring in some new voices. We all change when you think about it, and it's exciting, and for me, to be brutally honest, it's kind of scary, but it's time to say goodbye to the current version of this podcast. And on the last day of the year, I think it's just appropriate that we're recording. So, I've been speaking for a while. Guys, do you have anything you want to add to anything I just said? Yes, we're changing the name of the show to Discussing Wah. Yeah, Wah. <laughs> wah. Yeah. Go that, actually that was a good one. <laughs> no, right. I, I think I think it's I think it's brilliant and um yeah. So Good deal. Clarence, do you have anything? No, no, I'll just add that um you know, we find it a lot of the podcasts that do really well are ultra focused and you know, like like you mentioned before, it's not really fair to our listeners to have them be able to accept every little thing we talk about, which we are kind of all over the place sometimes. So if they love Doctor Who and they love us talking about Doctor Who, they can subscribe to this feed and know and rest assured that, you know, they're going to get good focused Doctor Who content going forward. 
Well said. Here, here. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So, for anyone listening, this is our review of Twice Upon a Time. If you have not seen this episode, guess what? We encourage you to do so. But be warned, <laughs> from this point forward, spoilers. 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 All right, guys. As we know, Twice Upon a Time marks the end of the 12th Doctor's era, and it brings also the end to Stephen Moffat's time as showrunner. But it also marks the end of another era, and and something that, ex- uh, you know, extends past the time that Moffat has been there. Curious question. Do either of you know what I'm referring to? Hmm. Oh, cool. I think I've, st- <laughs> uh, I, I think I've got you both on this one. Hmm. So, Murray Gold. <laughs> Uh, he has been arranging and writing all of the music from Rose forward. And to my understanding, this particular episode will be the last episode that he is writing the music. I did read that. Yes. And, you know, for me, I have in the past, you know, even back when, you know, you know, you would go to actual places, you know, not getting, getting it offline, but you would go to, you know, the record store, the tape, you know, music stores. There you go. And, you know, I can remember buying soundtracks, but I would be buying soundtracks for a song, not for the instrumental music. This is the first time, and this is a compliment to him. This is the first time that I have ever been invested in things that I can't hear words to. I'm listening to the, you know, actual orchestra music to it. So, um, you know, that's, that's, kind of sad for me that he's leaving yeah yeah i have uh i've been collecting the murray gold recordings uh, from the beginning also and uh just always admired uh, admired his work um yeah so um I, i've just got to for the sake of mentioning it uh some of my favorites um obviously the all uh, of the version of the doctor who theme song that he's done you know can't can't say that uh you can't not like that uh, we've got, uh, I am the doctor, which was the 11th doctor's theme. This is Gallifrey, song of captivity, song of freedom, together or not at all, the wedding of river song. This time there's three of us, sung for four, never tell me the rules, uh, Trenzalore and the long song, and of course, Vale Decem, which was the song of when the, um, 10th doctor was regenerating. So there you go, Murray Gold. Thank you very much. I guess that's the best way to say that. Yeah. And, you know, back in the kind of the Rose Tyler era, there were two songs heard on the show that had lyrics. Yes. And they, I think there was sort of an attempt to make uh, sort of pop hits out of them. Um, as an amateur lyricist myself, I remember thinking, uh, love your, love your music, Murray. Not a lyricist. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> some of, some of the lyrics don't make a lot of sense, but, um, but I still love both of those songs. And, uh, and now that I've said that, I'm trying to think what they were. There was, um, um, was it song for 10? It was something. Yeah. Uh, song for 10. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you, you would only, we hear them, uh, at, um, at Donna's, um, wedding reception. We hear one of them at Donna's wedding reception yes. and the, the other we heard at the end when the doctor is choosing his costume in the wardrobe. Yes. The, I woke up today and yes, the, exactly. The world was a place or yeah. that's it. Yeah. It should have but, been. Yeah. But the next slide me. is, yeah, I da, wish, da, da. I wish, 
But then uh, I wish today could be like every other day. Yes. Which always <laughs> makes me think, no, that's not what you mean. You mean you wish every other day was like today. Okay. <laughs> kind of the reverse. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Anyway, but. Hey, it know. was a good try, you know. Right, right. Yeah, that's right. You can't be good at everything. Because, True. Uh, as a composer, my goodness. Good point. All right. So let me get the obvious out of the way as we get into the review. No, Susan. I, no, Susan. Can't let me say it one more time. <laughs> no, Susan. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, in that moment in the in the testament, uh, when was, there was sort of a you're not going to believe who she is. I said, yeah. oh, here she comes, <laughs> and it was Bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but it's funny that that walk up was so pointedly. Was it just me? I, I thought it's going to be Susan. It's you know. I, I'm no. curious, Clarence. What did you think? Uh, I really didn't ever. Th- I thought it was going to be Bill the whole time. So, sorry. But we uh, but already knew she was in it, you know. Yeah. But I do have a question about some of these, like, connecting episodes. Okay. Which you Go guys may have expert knowledge on. Mm. So, what is this contraption device the doctor is getting out of at the very beginning? Mm. Do we know what that is? All right. So, so, so tell me, okay, at the very beginning. At, oh, at the very be- oh, oh, okay. I know what you're I've talking about. I've only seen it once, so I... I I think it was at they were in a uh, so they were they were somewhere on the north of uh, the south pole and mm-hmm. I think from the tenth planet it was they were at like a military something that uh, that the Cybermen had taken over or something because again I've seen the tenth planet bits and pieces one time years and years and years and years yeah. ago. Same here. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen tenth planet. Um, yeah. And of course the final episode is <laughs> only in reconstructions anyway. So speaking of reconstructions and, and our, did that answer your question? Clarence? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 We don't know. Is that- <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, that's the best but, way to put it. We don't know. But do you mean that lovely thing that, that they must've built the whole floor up for where there, there's sort of a triangular door that opens right in yeah. the front? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think that is the hatchway to an underground base. If I remember right. I think you're right, yeah. but, I, yeah. but, but I don't know. Yeah. And, and and we're under the impression that the first doctor is holding back his regeneration as well. Do we know what is causing him or what caused him to regenerate? Or was that just kind of trumped up for the show? Yeah, that was trumped up for the show. It was because Bill Hardnell really was um, getting to where he couldn't do the show anymore. It just, you know, as uh, my understanding is the way that's told in uh, adventure in space and time is pretty much on the money that he was, it's not so much that he was physically ill, just that he couldn't remember lines from one scene to the next. Ah. And, um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's actually, it's part of, it's really charming. If you watch first doctor stories and you're taking note of this, that he can't remember Ian Chesterton's name. He calls him all kinds of things. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so that seems like it's part of the doctor's character, but that was really Bill Hartnell not being able to remember what the characters right. were supposed to be. But, um, but yeah, so it, it was, it was a problem. You know, uh, I remember from, from watching, from, from watching the adventure in space and time that it was something of a feeling that, um, he and the doctor persona because of his, uh, ailments that, you know, and, and being able to not being able to remember that some of that was blurring, you know, that he, he, he was starting to not be able to differentiate is at least how I interpreted it, uh, between himself and the doctor to some degree. 
Yeah. Which is something that happens to, to every actor who plays a role for a long time. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's well known as one of the dangers of playing a role for the for a long time, you know, good you question. Know, but, uh, yeah. yeah, it really is. And, um, and if you watch the whole thing, my recollection of it is, and I think part of the history of uh, 10th Planet is that uh, the regeneration kind of seems to come out of nowhere. It hasn't been hinted before. The doctor's held a prisoner through all of the third episode. And then when we see him again, he, he, he has, I must get to the TARDIS, he says. Which is literally what we saw the recreation. Exactly. Uh, all right. Good question, Clarence. G- yeah. keep, keep, keep them flowing anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More good questions. So what did, uh, and I'll, I'll pose this one to Clarence. Uh, what did you think of the, um, way they recreated the Ben and Polly scenes of, of him getting out of the contraption that, that Lee just referred to? I mean, I thought it looked cool, but honestly, it was meaningless to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that would be something maybe you guys can elaborate on. Well, I mean, it was cool to see. It was cool to see, but I mean, it was it was more so more or less in the meaningless because I just have not seen those episodes or those companions in action, so right. I, it it didn't have a whole lot of weight with me. What, what about you, uh, Lee? Well, uh, I saw it in the theater, and um, we we got before and after the screening uh, the uh, the companion pieces that I assume will be on the DVD release. Um, they're both um, made by the the show, you know, with all the branding on it and so on. And uh, one of the things that was included was um, that they showed the rest of Tenth Planet that they recreated. They actually recreated a whole bunch of, of scenes from Tenth Planet. And wow. then, in, and then at the last hour, you know, they, I mean, as they were cutting it all together, they cut most of that out. So, wow! Yeah, there was actually a lot more Ben and Polly shot. And and, I, and of course, I know we'll see it all again you know, at some point, but. Um, but yeah, but I thought it was all, it was all very loving. I mean, uh, one of the best things about, uh, uh, twice upon a time to me is that they gave them an opportunity and a reason to reconstruct the original TARDIS interior. Uh, Good um, point. Do we think they were being more so, more or less faithful to the original as far as Ben and Polly and also the TARDIS? Oh, the TARDIS is down to the, down to a sixteenth of an inch, I think. It is, in fact, in that little documentary, uh, one of the things that Mark Gatiss was being a fanboy about was that, uh, you know, there's these two golden pillars that are sort of in corners of the room. You'd have to see a picture of it, I, because there's so much junk in the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, but, uh, those are, in fact, the gold pillars that stood in the original. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that they were in storage at the BBC somewhere and properly cataloged. So they found them and brought them out. So everything else there has been rebuilt. But those were really the, the same ones that were in William Hartnell's Tardis. Interesting. So, yeah. so you're telling me we could keep those pillars, but we couldn't keep the original footage? Yeah. Right. <laughs> good, exactly. good point. Very yeah. good point. Yeah. yeah the, the way that they were using storage space is very uh, <laughs> controversial. Yeah, yeah, we can keep big pillars, but we can't keep, uh, film. Yeah. Right, yeah. But I guess you could reuse the film where you couldn't, well, I guess you could reuse the pillars too, but. Oh yes, no, that's, that's why they say, and you know, I, <laughs> I don't know if we want to go down this rabbit hole or not, but that, that's really part of the whole logic on which the story, the, the whole series was created. Was that, of course, we're going to give this character a time machine in this show that's going to be on at tea time because the BBC has already done years and years and years of TV shows and movies 
set in different historical eras. And after they finish those costumes, bang, they all go into storage. So if we say we're going to go visit the Roman Empire, that's no problem. We'll just haul <laughs> out all these costumes. You know, so we'll go with this episode's about Marco Polo. Fine, because we already have that. So they knew that a time travel show is one of the cheapest things, ah, really. Interesting. With the resources of the BBC that they could do. Yeah. It's this thing about going to other planets that's a problem. Ah, good point. And, it's you know, good. it's interesting. I, I actually have to go with your opinion, Clarence, other than seeing the 709 episodes ago and, you know, uh, seeing, which I did think it was really, really cool how they transitioned at the beginning from black and white into, mm-hmm. um, you know, colorization. And then at the end, they take it from colorization back into black and white. I thought that was really cool. But that little scene with Ben and Polly, because of just what I got to see, like you got to see, not what Lee got to see, it was kind of inconsequential for me, too, because it was so brief, so small, so, you know, just there they were and then they were gone that it was yeah. really, you know, inconsequential. So Yeah, and a pity. So um, good question. Any, any, other, any other ones from there at the beginning? <laughs> All right. We all noted that that transition also had a, a, a lovely dissolve from William Hartnell speaking to David Bradley Ooh, saying, yeah. finishing the line for him. We'd all seen that in the trailer, but it was there. Yeah. And I just thought that was sort of a, uh, a mechanism for us as the audience. But uh, the 12th Doctor actually says, you can tell he's in the middle of his regeneration. He said his face is all over the place. True. So oh. there, there's even an in-canon explanation for why he doesn't look like William Hartnell, which I thought was... <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, they, they, well, I'll say, well, no, this is the, the, this is as good a time as any. You know, it was interesting, even at the, the regeneration scene, uh, when Capaldi is going through and doing his speech, it was interesting. And it may have, maybe me reading more into it than what there was, but there were several times that I looked at the way they had his hair combed. And then I looked at what Jodie Whittaker's hair looked like and how she had hers combed. <laughs> at the, and it was like, were you kind of even doing that little minor detail right before the regeneration that you combed his hair some in the same similar mm. style as hers? Mm. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we pretty much pick up at the beginning of the episode. We put we pick up at the end of the Dr. Falls, which was, of course, you know, the finale of season 10. So our series 10, however you want to say it, but we, we pick up with, you know, I am, you know, the original, you might say, and he comes in and we see the second, I mean, the first doctor's uh, point of view, as opposed this time to, you know, the, or the last time to seeing the 12th doctor, we even see the captain's uh, point of view. So what do we think of that first interaction between Dr. One and Dr. Twelve, even before they went into the TARDIS, where they're sitting there or standing there talking to each other? Guys, what did you what did you think of that? I I thought it was interesting. uh, But one of the things I do have a huge some one thing I can't really understand is. We always have this thing in the, the multi-doctor episodes where the doctor goes back into his own time stream and he doesn't remember. And this kind of problem, I had the same thing on, on the, uh, the day of the doctor. Mm-hmm. 
when they're in each other's normal, it's not like they brought him into his time stream and he went back. They're both in each other's normal time stream. So in that case, why would he forget? Well, Does that make and, any sense? Yeah and, yeah. and actually, again, in canon this time, the doctor, uh, Dr. 12, he, he, he says a couple of times, why don't I remember this? Yeah. yeah. So, and so they he's never even said why they didn't, you know? No, <laughs> but, but at least he's puzzling over it, too. Yeah, but but you're right. I did think it interesting that they that the script took took time to note that this was out of the ordinary. Um, but once again, yeah. you know, we we have to remember the reason he was there was because the TARDIS took him there. Because the last thing he says is he's getting out of the TARDIS uh, at the end of that last episode. You know, no matter what kind of point you're trying to make, I'm not listening. You, and that's right after he's saying, you know, he will not. Uh, he doesn't want to keep living on as somebody else and then he you know he goes out into the snow and says no i will not change so it's the tardis that was making that point so the tardis was what decided that those two had to be there at the same time and it was maybe as the (laughs) result of this whole thing is why the tardis took him there was so something could happen that would impact the doctor's timeline going forward maybe so Do I do I remember right that when we were talking about the Doctor Falls, that um, uh, uh, that my feeling was that what the Doctor was saying when he was saying he didn't want to regenerate, not that he wanted to stay the same, but that it was time to die. You said that, and I think I disagreed. But right, that's the way I'm remembering it. That that I that that was the minority view. (laughs) Yeah, you were spot on with that, sir. Yeah, you were. You were very spot on. And it turned out that yeah, I, I was. Yeah, that was one of my experiences of watching the Christmas special. I was going, okay, I was right about that. Wow, that is yeah. dark. That is dark, man. That is dark. Yeah, very but, dark. Yeah. And, and and while I do feel that with Capaldi, I I'm really having trouble seeing why the first Doctor felt that way. I had the courage to live and die as myself. Hmm. <clears throat> Maybe just because he's never done it before. Right. Yeah. I, I guess I can see that. You know, the, I mean that that line there is, you know. Uh, really stood out to me the the courage to live and die as myself that you didn't want to change and it goes back to what you just said you know it's never happened before so that that, that fear of not knowing what it's going to be like because think about it he's done it you know 12 more times since mm-hmm. then by the time Capaldi <laughs> rolls around right <laughs> including the the one with the eighth doctor turned into the war doctor which uh Correct. Um, it has to have been the worst, you know. <laughs> he, he asks, uh, you know, the the sister, hey, I says, will it hurt? And she says, yes. And he says, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about say, the 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 scene where they walk into the TARDIS and they're, you know, seeing the Doctor's TARDIS, the um, you know, the current TARDIS, and you've got that interaction with the Captain and you know, the first doctor, uh, Clarence, any initial thoughts on that? Uh, that's another scene I had seen like way before the episode. I thought it was pretty interesting. I do like the whole bit they had going with the brandy. I thought that was pretty interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it took me two watchings before I got the brandy joke or the brandy tie in of how it, um, really, you know, got decreased and yeah, not, you know, it was like, oh, OK, now I get it. But the first time watching it didn't, it, you know, it took that second time watching for me to get it. 
Well, I have a just before we dive too deep deep into the episode going forward, we get that first scene at the battlefield with the captain. Did any of you guys know about the um, Christmas thing uh, nineteen fourteen before, or did anybody put piece that together? Is that that's a real event? Um, the armistice thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a, yeah. Yeah. I was just you, wondering, did anybody piece it together prior to? <laughs> did Did you like? No. No, and and I and I I'm a, a great fan of uh, European history, and uh, so that's one of my favorite. You know, <laughs> I think it's one of the great moments in in world history, uh, is the the Christmas armistice. Um, but even though there we were in the right place um, and at the right time, I it still it it caught me by surprise that when the when the moment came and the doctor revealed that it was that this is that Christmas Eve, it it just it hit me right in the solar plexus. I was not expecting. That that's what was going to happen. All right. This is what's what's going to save the captain. So, uh, Clarence, did you did you see it, or did you did you get it, or no? Or I, I did. I did not. I and did I didn't not. either. I didn't either. I, I did feel it negated some parts of the story, but I don't. I guess we get to that a little bit later. <laughs> no, let's get to it now. What, what what do you think it negated? Well, well, the doc. Of course, the whole purpose of the testimony is to take memories at the time or right before the moment of death. But due to the doctor taking the captain back, I guess two hours later, I think he said he shifted the time stream. However mm-hmm. it happens. Right. <laughs> and he did not meet his ultimate fate of dying. So I was like, uh, okay, it's a beautiful story. He lived was still a little weird. <laughs> okay. So let me, mm-hmm. let me pose this, this spin on it. Um, maybe the reason that the TARDIS took, the 12th doctor to the South Pole at the same time had absolutely nothing to do with him regenerating and him meeting his second, I mean, his first incarnation. Mm. Maybe the reason that the uh, TARDIS took him there was so that them being in the same place would cause the timeline error and freeze time mm. so that the doctor would be prompted to go and, because the because that captain is eventually going to die at some point, so maybe putting the doctor in that situation at that time puts him in a situation where that captain makes a makes the doctor make a promise to him to look in on his family, and hence, therefore, the captain Lethbridge Stewart, you you know, have the doctor going and you know having all this relationship with his son and then his granddaughter, possibly. Mm-hmm. Oh, grandson and great granddaughter. Ah, grandsoning. Oh, that's yeah. the that's the that's that's Lethbridge Stewart's grandfather, not father. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Hmm. A, a, really, a, a tiny difference, really. <laughs> yeah, but still, uh-huh. I just remember that. But interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean that, that is. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I, I get that, but then I guess I'm being ultimate pessimist here. Wow. Um, <laughs> But then there's also the thing of every time we have two doctors meet, it always affects the time stream in a different way. And this this, this instance, it freezes time. We've seen demons. We've seen freeze, freezing of time. Do we can we just like sell on what happens and go go with that going forward? Yeah. What are the rules exactly? There are no rules. Exactly. <laughs> there, whatever serves the story. Well, that appears to be the rules governing the weeping angels too, by the way. It, I mean, it's so interesting that you uh, actually both said that because one of those songs that I mentioned are the, uh, that 
um, Gold wrote, there is something called never tell me the rules. So just, <laughs> just saying. There you go. Yep. All right. Um, let's get into the return of, I think, one of our favorite characters, Bill Potts. What was it like seeing Bill back? Or were we happy to have Bill back? I mean, obviously, yes, but I hope yes. But curious. Yeah, but I've I've come to call this the uh, the the boomerang effect, and this is this is purely Stephen Moffat, and I'll be interested to see if Chris Chibnall is going to do the same thing. But but companions do not simply depart in the Stephen Moffat <laughs> corner of the Doctor Who universe; they have to then come back again, uh, every single one of them. And uh, so I love Bill, but holy smoke, are we? <laughs> I just when when they're given these beautiful exits, when they're given this out, then uh, I, I don't know. Ah, but was it Bill? Well, that's it. <laughs> the, at least this one made made more sense to me. But um, yeah, I don't know. And and did it cheapen the fact that Bill was back? The fact that. It was not Bill. If it was, I mean, regardless, and I can hear her saying, I am Bill Potts. I'm all of her memories. I'm Bill mm-hmm. Potts. But still, it, you know, when he, he goes into the, the thing that he said about, uh, you know, my memories would shatter your testimony. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, all the memories that I have would shatter these vessels and et cetera and so forth. So, but yes, Yes, it was Bill, but no, it wasn't. But does that mm-hmm. kind of cheapen it in some way? I, I think story-wise, it makes it work better. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, can, you know, I'm always for justifications within the content, the confines of a story that makes something work. And in this case, I think you can have her here, have Noro as well, and still can kind of separate yourself from the fact that the real bill is off gallivanting across the universe with uh whatever the girl's name is. Heather. So, I mean, Heather. Yeah, yeah, Heather. So I mean I thought it was okay in this instance. <laughs> they 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 chose a clever way to bring her back and I can give them props for that. Yeah, they and they even brought back Rusty the Dalek, which I thought was a clever way to do. <laughs> right. You know, so who the heck is Rusty? Second episode of Capaldi's run where they went into really? the Dalek. Yes. Into, into the Dalek. Yeah. I did not remember that. Yeah. yeah. I, I had to, I had to have my memory jogged too. And because the doctor says it, <laughs> you know, remember that time I was miniaturized and crawled around inside you? <laughs> yep. Oh, that's who this is. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So see, that's because you, both of your memories were erased. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. particular uh, companion's time. That's why neither of you remembered that. <laughs> but, you know, like Bill said, you know, she's going to show you the importance of memories and Clarence, my friend, this is for you. <laughs> yeah. How, yeah. Was, yeah. how was, how were, yeah. how were those, um, you know, a few seconds? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. Uh, that one, that one is for the haters. It's for the Claire haters. Let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, but 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 as we're asking Clarence so how he felt about seeing Clara again, I have to ask uh, uh, Kyle if we're talking about the Twelfth Doctor's memories and the people most important to him, where is his wife? Yes. Oh wow. Yes. 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 Have we forgotten all about River Song? We yes. just forgot. <laughs> I mean, you know, if they're if they have 
something that records i mean but then does that not take out the whole if she's somehow saved and this uh testimony thing does that not then negate and maybe this is why they didn't do it would that mm-hmm. not negate the whole thing that she was in the library and faded right yeah you know, so I mean, that would be the in canon <laughs> explanation. I mean, the real truth is Alex Kingston's probably doing something else. True, but true. but so, real, but really, um, if if those people he was encountering, Nardole and and Claire, if those are um, projections of his own memory, then it would have made as much sense to have River Song there. But, but anyway, but I thought they were pre- I thought they were all memories from those people that died right before their point of death. Correct. So they are they were those. That was coming from the testimony. Testimony. Yeah, okay. that's what I assumed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then River can't be there, right? Yeah. yeah then yeah. River can't be there because nope. of what happened to her. So there okay. we go. Which, which I was wondering. You know, we have that scene where they're actually in the testimony spaceship, and we have all the bubbles of the doctors flying around. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering. Okay, are these memories they took from the doctor at his point of regeneration, or was that just? they were just making reference. I couldn't really understand what they were mm. doing there. Interesting question. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, <laughs> to which I do not have an answer. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's how I saw it. I saw it more so as this is a big library because they're basically saying to the, the way they describe it is we can, you know, bring back and you can actually talk to Einstein or you can talk to, you know, whoever this uh, Winston Churchill or whomever that you want to, you know, talk to because of the way the memories are kept. Well, they can also, if they've got this big database with all these people's memories, then they could extract memories from people who have seen, you know, this first doctor, second doctor, third doctor, et cetera, so forth and uh, so forth okay. and so on. That makes sense. What did you guys think of the whole doctor of war um, title that was given? That was a surprise. Yeah, they're very careful not to say war doctor, but doctor of war. What do you think, Clarence? What did you think of it? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to see why they chose to change the wording there. But uh, I guess more importantly, it was something for the first doctor to look at in kind of awe and surprise, you know, raise an eyebrow at like, what? Doctor of war, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, was it a validation of some point of John Hurt's war doctor? Because, you know, knowing the doctor of war is, and the way they, the way that they presented it by the end of, yes, you go into these different warring places and you, you know, you tend to these people that are, you know, and you try to make things better. Um, speaking of, uh, Bill and the first doctor, which that made me think of that whole interaction between her and the first doctor where she's asking, questions like she always does and she's asking you know you know why did you run away um what were you running to oh yeah and um you know that that whole interaction with those two so what did you guys think on that it was fascinating i think it's always interesting uh, sort of from our perspective looking back to to get a chance to talk to the first doctor <laughs> you know so that's that was one of the the great things about the the the, the special is to have bill uh, kind of pepper him with questions like she does. And, uh, I, I thought it was all very, very consistent, very interesting. And I like the fact that he didn't say, well, I chose that TARDIS because this mysterious woman appeared to me and told me to. Go. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so let me, let me, let, let me segue into, um, 
something that was one of my, I don't want to say pet peeves about um, the show, but, you know, I know times were different and I know the the first doctor's characterization was different than any other, mainly because, well, you know, they probably didn't think that this show would be on for 50 something years. Having said that, Clarence, I'll let you take this one first. Did you, did, did you find it a little bit off-putting or what were your thoughts of him being a, almost a, for me, a transparent reason why the, the 13th doctor is now going to be a woman? Hmm. Can you get, say that question one more time? All right. So, um, you know, okay. So I saw him being very off-putting. Some of the remarks that he made, some of the gotcha. downright gotcha. sexist and, you know, uh, what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, first of all, it, you just mentioned, mentioned kind of the moments where the, where Bill was talking to the first doctor doing what Bill does, asking questions. You know, to me, the stern, um, male chauvinistic responses kind of threw me out of maybe some valid answers he was given. So I didn't even hear all that. I was, just, <laughs> I was just thinking of the, the, the very, I'll say of their time responses that the first doctor was given. And it really threw me out of the episode for a minute. Cause I was like, wow, is this, is this merely how this doctor was? Or are they just kind of doing a bunch of foreshadowing to, Things are about to change. Okay, so Lee, uh, what do you think on on that? Well, I, I think it was pretty clearly the latter. That this really is going to be about. We're pointing our way towards the thirteenth Doctor because, um, and I thought this was the most interesting discussion that I saw on social media after the episode aired. That a lot of people who are devoted fans of the of the first Doctor were really offended by this portrayal of him because because it does make sense that this. Um, what, how did you say, Clarence, uh, uh, this, this person, this creature of his time, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, of 1963, if nothing else, that he would be the sort of paternalistic, even chauvinistic doctor. But the truth is you go back and watch what we still have of the first doctor stories and he's not, no, he's that's not. really, that's, that's really not who he is at all. Um, so a lot of people were saying, well, you kind of took a cheap shot at our character by putting words in his mouth that have never been there. He, you know, that's not who he was. Um, it makes sense that he would be, but he wasn't. <laughs> now he yeah. did, I think, and I think it may have been, uh, you know, the, the, the six part, um, the Dalek invasion of earth, that may have been which story mm. it was, but there was the line that he, uh, when she was calling, uh, the doctor and, and uh, well, you know, an ass and, uh, he, the first doctor leans out the door and says, young lady, if you keep saying that, I'm going to smack your bottom. I, oh, I think they I, went there. Yeah. And, yes. and I think they, that there was a scene that he actually said that to Susan in one of the, yes, scenes. he did. He did actually say that to Susan once. And, um, and, and one of the fans whose you know, comments I was reading pointed out that it's one thing to say that to your granddaughter exactly. and quite another. Exactly. Yes. To say it to somebody that you've just met. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, uh, still, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was lighthearted and, 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 um, you know, so I enjoyed it, even though, yeah, I can see why some some people might be uh, might be a little hurt that their that their their favorite doctor was being depicted in that way. So, well, I have to say, and guys, you know, feel free to disagree with me, but I have to say that Bill Hartnell's 
uh, well, Bill Hartnell. So this, this right there says to you what I'm about to say. David Bradley's portrayal of both, you know, William Hartnell plus his portrayal of the first doctor now, I actually really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of the, um, you know, the, the comments and the way that his character may have been used. If I go back and look at other ways that the first doctor has been portrayed and I see him, I think he did a very good, as best maybe it could be for not being that person, <laughs> you know, portrayal. Agree? Disagree? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. His, his portrayal was pretty excellent. Uh, but again, to kind of Lee's comment about, you know, this was not the first doctor at all and uh, some of these comments that he made. You have to look at it from the sense of somebody who's never seen the first doctor. Is this yes. really what we want to leave them with? You know, yeah. is <laughs> of, of the first doctor. I, I don't I don't think that's a, a good taste in the mouth of somebody who's just now seeing the first doctor for the, for the first time, you know. Agreed. But I mean, not, not yeah. on, not, not on David Bradley. He, he did a, a wonderful job portraying the character. I did, I did feel that. Agreed. And you know, my, uh, my wife made it, I thought, a, a, a wonderful point that she, she and I have been talking about ever since, actually, after seeing the, the special together that Doctor Who really is sort of unique in the world of entertainment. Um, I can't think of another example of being a show that is so openly self-referential. That, that it is, I've been trying to put these into my own words ever since then, but, but that it is like the show is very often looking over its shoulder and winking at the camera, just sometimes just a little bit and sometimes really blatantly and obviously, um, like for, for a lot of people in the audience, once the reveal that the captain's name is Lethbridge Stewart, there's a lot of people in the audience who said, Oh, and the rest of the audience says, and <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and you know, I know you can think of a hundred other examples, you know, throughout the whole history of the show where, where, where they have to sort of stop and wink at the audience and say, Oh, you see what's happening here? Yeah. Cause you've been watching the show. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's somehow different from the continuity inside other, other shows. And I, I, I just, the, the cynical part of me thinks that, that a lot of what's going on here. I, I know that really what's happening is that this is uh, that the showrunners are are fans themselves, and so they're enjoying playing this game with the audience. Since I know that's the main thing, but I always have to wonder if there isn't also a sort of a merchandising aspect that the show has to keep reminding you that this has been going on for fifty plus years now. And if you'd like to know more about the first Doctor, may we direct your attention to these DVDs over here? Um, you know. Oh, you don't know who Lithbridge Stewart is? Well, we just happen to, you know, <laughs> here's the complete third doctor and fourth doctor, and you'll find out all about, uh, yeah, point brigadier. Uh, but I, I don't think that's the main reason, but it does feel to me that very often, like sometimes we're just, we're selling Ewoks, if you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, uh, um, you know, that's kind of a, a good segue because I know, <laughs> again, this is the, the 31st and both of you, have uh things that you need to be doing to get prepared for the new year so that was a good way to segue into into something that i want to talk about at the end which is obviously the most important part and you said that the showrunners are often fans themselves so i noticed something about moffat's uh exit similar uh into the way he entered is the way he exited meaning he exited 
doing a final scene after a regeneration where the doctor regenerates and destroys the con- uh, console room from yeah. the RTD <laughs> error. And he leaves doing the exact same thing that his previous showrunner was doing when he took over. So I thought that was a good bookend for him is he leaves it exactly per se the way he found it at, uh, <laughs> at the beginning. The clean slate. Yep. So we see, well, before we see the regeneration itself, the doctor has this, I think, very good story where he's tell or his this speech where he's telling uh his next incarnation all these different words of wisdom what did you guys think about the name thing about children being able to hear the name yeah i was really (laughs) shocked by that one yeah I, i really didn't know what he was referring to specifically um because I don't remember that happening, any of the new who. Uh, so I don't know. Lee, what did you not, think? I agree, Clarence. Not, yeah, not not literally, but I, I have to think that he's being that he's being poetic. Um, but even there, even on that level, I don't. Maybe I'm getting too old. I don't quite get what he means by that. Well, um, go ahead. It, so, I mean, I don't know. To me, it seems like it could be a little hint at a biblical reference, like "Suffer the little children to come unto me" mm-hmm. a, a, a bit, but still. Yeah. It felt weird. <laughs> okay, so it's yeah. funny. I'm glad you said that before I say what I think is is the truth here. Um, when you said it sounds like a little bit of biblical reference, and especially the 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 verse that you just uh, quoted, which is, I think somehow this was incorporated from a visit that Capaldi had to a sick child, maybe a terminally ill child in a hospital that. Uh, <sighs> And I think they incorporated something that he said to the child into this. And it may be verbatim. I'm not sure. But I think that's how they tied that in, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it is. So um, so we go ahead. No, I was going to just mention, like, again, in that last speech, it it again, you know, I don't know if they're beating us over the head with the woman stuff coming and. He, uh, he makes the statement, uh, was it run far, run fast and be kind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if there's out of the scope of what the doctor has said before, but it still felt like, okay, well, things are changing here. Just, just be aware. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a throwback to his, uh, his goodbye to Clara right before oh, really? he, yeah, right before uh, he passed out and forgot her. It was, you know, uh, to always be kind and all, you know, and run and all, all of those. Cause, cause I think at that point he, neither one of them knew. Well, no, I think he had realized at that point that he was the one that was forgetting. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. Mm. So we see the 13th doctor and we see obviously, you know, the transformation that, that there's no doubt in our minds that he turned into the 13th doctor because the ring falls off of her hand, <laughs> etc. Um, what did you guys, without me saying anything about the scene, what did you guys think of the scene? Lee, I'll take you, I'll let you take it first. <laughs> uh, I, I was so eager for it. I mean, to me, that, that, that was what this whole Christmas special was about is that moment. And I knew I predicted it correctly that it would be brief. Um, we, what we've sort of set up in new who is that what we get now is, uh, maybe a catchphrase. 
Because <laughs> so far, what we've had is Barcelona <laughs> and Geronimo, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, what was, what was Peter Capaldi's? Uh, yeah, I don't suppose you know how to fly this thing. Yeah. Kidneys. Uh, yeah. I got new kidneys. <laughs> I've got new kidneys, yeah. So, and again, it was just a moment. I don't and like all the we, color. All we got from her was, oh, brilliant. In, I, I thought, interesting, a working class accent, which I think is, you know, she didn't say, she didn't say, oh, brilliant. She says, oh, brilliant. <laughs> which I think is great. <laughs> so I, I just, um, the, 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 the revelation that uh, the doctor is happy about this new body. And, um, and then of course the worst possible thing happens, which is uh, a terrific, uh, it's not a cliffhanger is hardly the word. Um, but so, uh, I, I just thought that was spectacular. And, and here's an interesting sort of, um, real world thing is that, that the documentary that we saw afterwards about making the show strongly suggested that the, the team that made, uh, twice upon a time, the last thing that they shot was Peter Capaldi in the TARDIS making that speech. Um, and two things about that. One was that um, Peter Capaldi had a great deal of input in scripting that, that they had asked him, what are the things you think your doctor needs to say to the next one? Hmm. So, so I, so that, that suggests a lot of what you were saying, Kyle, is that I, I think that the actor had, you know, had some very specific things that he was thinking about for any number of reasons. So it's very likely that that, the uh, you know the children will get it that that very well could be from from something that happened in the in real life to peter cabaldi but the other thing is that production on the show officially wrapped when they shot his last scene so i think it's the production team from the first episode of the new series who shot all of the stuff inside the tardis with jody whittaker and uh, destroying the the tardis interior and all of that so um, did, did, uh, Stephen Moffat actually write that scene? I don't know. Hmm. No, I, I mean, don't, I, I don't think he did. And we can ask this question, uh, in May of next year because, <laughs> uh, she will be at Hulanta. Um, you know, Rachel, what's, I can't say her last name. Uh, um, Talali. Yeah. The, the doc, in the documentary, they also, she introduced herself and I said, oh, thank goodness. Now yes. I know how to say it. Talali. Talali. Yeah. Okay. She was actually, you know, at first didn't know if she was going to be directing the that scene, but was asked also to direct that scene just as she had the rest of the episode. So, yes, she and I think Chibnall did, you know, write that scene. And, of course, she directed it. But uh, I think you're right. I think it was the other production team that did that scene with Jody. Yeah. Yeah, apparently Judy Whitaker was not on set when they were shooting all the rest of this. So interesting. Yeah. So Clarence, what did you think of it? Hmm. I don't know. I thought I thought it was a little weird that you know when when the regeneration first happens, it seems like everything is okay until she uh, pulls until the doctor pulls the lever on the console, and then all things go to Hades. So I don't know. I thought that was weird, and I noticed like when she was. Falling out of the TARDIS, it actually seemed to dematerialize. So that, yes. that might be something interesting. To yeah, I noticed that too. So here's my thing. Here's, here's my thought. I, and I think this is what was kind of off-putting to me, and this has nothing, zero percent, nothing to do with her being the doctor. Zero, nothing. But I did not like the fact that the TARDIS, quote-unquote, expunged her from the TARDIS or, you know, kind of she falls out of it and it disappears because when I saw that, I'm like, okay, 
maybe you're doing this scene to say, you know, we're going to do what we want to regardless of what people say. But I was hearing all these detractors saying, see, even the TARDIS doesn't like. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, and I'm that's not me being negative. That's that's me saying I could hear people uh, talking about it, saying, well, you know, the TARDIS doesn't want to even have her in it anymore. (laughs) And I'm like, why did you guys do that? But on the flip side, I can look at it and say, you know what? We don't you know, there's going to be detractors any in anything we do. And, you know, even if the TARDIS had a big sign that fell down that said, welcome 13th doctor. We're happy you're here. <laughs> you know, somebody would have had something to say about that too. So, um, that's right. But I do. You, and, and again, this is not because it's a woman, but for some reason I feel protective of the 13th doctor only because I think no matter. She doesn't need you, Cal. She doesn't <laughs> okay. need you. But you, but you get my point. It's the doctor. <laughs> but, 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 but there's going to be so many, you know, for, for the first time since Patrick Troughton, you've had an actor who is faced with such a weight of the show <laughs> since Troughton in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's yeah. where I guess I'm being saying I'm a little protective you know, of this version of the doctor is because I think there are people just like waiting in the wings to kind of like pounce and say, Oh, look, this doctor didn't do it as good as blah, 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 blah. Indeed there are. Yes. So so that's where I'm coming from. But I talked to somebody, a a fan, uh, not too long ago about saying, I I asked her, you know, are you looking forward to uh, the 13th doctor? And she just rolled her eyes. She said, well, anything will be better than Peter Capaldi. Wow. So yeah, it, the fandom is big enough for <laughs> for all opinions. Mm. Yeah, and you know what? That um, just reminded yeah, me. Yeah, um, Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, my my. Um, yeah, I just want to mention it before I forget it. Um, I, I had very much the same thought that you did, Kyle. Although I think my my spin on it was a little. I hope more fun, and I hope is what happens. Uh, maybe uh, is that the we got more of the TARDIS as a character. Um, in this story than we usually do. I mean, and it was all done in, in editing and, and sort of blocking of the scene, but the doctor says something to the air, to the TARDIS. And we got, um, we saw a reaction shot of the lights flashing, the lights kind of pulsing inside the, uh, the console as if the TARDIS was answering him. True. Yeah. Hmm. And I thought that interesting. That kind of takes us back to the doctor's wife and, and that kind of thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, I read that the same way you did. Was um, the the 13th Doctor being ejected from the TARDIS? Was that an accident, or did the TARDIS do that on purpose? Right. Is that is that a is that setting us up for this idea that the 13th Doctor and the TARDIS are going to have this adversarial relationship, which would be new? True. Because <laughs> obviously, we do know the TARDIS is a woman. We saw right. that. Uh, right. <laughs> so, if we're going to keep taking that seriously, are they two women who don't get along? <laughs> Oh, that's and, too old. Yeah. True. Good point. Uh, um, and by the way, I want to encourage people to go back to episode 87 of Discussing Who, if they haven't heard it, and hear Elena Jordan's. Uh, oh, my, my, yeah. Our buddy cool. Elena, because, because I love, if nothing else, Elena's observation that we've seen the, the wardrobe inside the TARDIS before, but only briefly. But if we start seeing it now. Yeah. Different connotation. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> it's like, it's like, hmm, there wasn't a closet in the TARDIS before. Yeah, there was. So, you know, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, but, 
Go ahead. There's always there's always been a lot of clothes in the TARDIS. Anyway, but yeah, I keep I keep cutting you off. No, 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 no. You're good. I just want to say this about Capaldi before we wrap, which is, mm. you know, I I you know for that first season and you know season eight and somewhere even into season nine, you know, I was always so negative with Capaldi saying, oh, you know, I don't like this, and you know, being sometimes overly negative with it and then here comes season 10 and you know it was like oh i really like capaldi now and blah 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 i think it was and 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 clarence i mean uh lee i made a reference to you about this that the first time i watched it there were um you know a couple of you know misty-eyed parts and then that scene with him and nordle and bill at the end oh yeah whenever i've watched that again where he says you know thank you for everything you were to me and he just mm. you know they disappear and i kind of break down i think to myself this whereas matt smith's daughter i mean uh doctor's era was like an era of fun and happiness and family this was an era of a tragic doctor you know of a mm. lonely doctor to me to some degree yeah. And, 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 and I think that's, you know, if, if anything, I think when we look back, you know, 10 years from now and we say, okay, you know, what, what was a picture or what can you say about Peter Capaldi's error? I think he will be seen as a sad, not, not as it, you know, that, that, but his error was a very sad error for, for the doctor, not in anything that happened, but, it was like a doctor trying to figure himself out. And once he finally does and he gets happy and he is happy and he has happiness around him, he regenerates. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. Just when things start to, just when he gets the answers, right? Right. Because if you yeah. go back and you look at the, mm. uh, you know, the first two and you see how this doctor in three seasons has radically changed from, mm-hmm. from, from the way he was at the beginning, you know, um, if anything, he has changed more in three seasons than many doctors change in, well, you know, they're usually three to four seasons. Ever. But you get, right. but, but, but I think he had a lot of, he had to me more character growth than Matt Smith did as a character. And I loved Matt Smith, but Matt Smith was always that fun and old doctor and he was consistently that. That's my take. Yeah. All right. So, um, Clarence, any closing thoughts that you might have on this? episode um no uh i think i've aired all my grievances <laughs> no but i enjoyed the episode overall <laughs> I, I i really thought it was fun you know I, I had fun with this episode and i think if we're ever going to have multi-doctor episodes again i think this is one we could look at to see where it was done fairly well i mean we, we all love the data doctor but i think this one as well was done pretty pretty good so yeah, I'm looking forward to the new uh, Jodie Whittaker era, and um, yeah, yeah. What about you guys? All right, Lee. What do you say? I was just thinking about uh, other when you said multi doctor stories. I was just thinking about um, three doctors and five doctors, and uh, both of which had John Pertwee in them. And um, you know, part of what marks the John Pertwee era is that he is exiled to the Earth. He's he's there and, and can't travel through space and time. And uh, so it just hit me. 
Is that what we're setting up uh, the 13th Doctor for? That she's going to be on the Earth with no TARDIS? <laughs> wow. Hmm, hmm. I'm not, not sure how I feel about that. Well, we do but, know the uh, windows will be smaller. We do know that. <laughs> we do know that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, no, I did. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and uh, the 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 um, the big laugh for me was uh, the Doctor's realization that what the testimony you're up to is not an evil plan. And yeah. he says, I, d- I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I, I, I did really, really love that moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, how about I, you? I, I think, you know, the more I will go back and watch this, you know, there, there will be different things that I will pick up on that I will like it more. Um, you know, was it my favorite regeneration story? No, it wasn't. But was it, was it great seeing, you know, the first doctor? Yes. I mean, um, I, I, I still enjoyed the episode. I really lo- love seeing Bill Potts again. I love seeing Nordal again. I was happy to see Clara again. I mean, you know, I think it was well done. So, uh, you know, yeah, I enjoyed and I have enjoyed this 2017 doing this show with you guys. I'm looking forward to what's coming in 2018, the things that we'll all three do as, um, you know, co-host on our prospective shows and things that we do. So I think it would be appropriate to say to thank everyone for listening and remind everyone to subscribe. You can go to discussingwho.com backslash subscribe. As we bring 2017 to a close, remember, always be kind, never be cowardly, and never be cruel. Oh, and one more thing, never eat pairs. And on behalf of all of us, for this version of the show, we let you go. You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.